Uh, if you brought your Bibles, we'll be in Romans chapter 10. Uh, and I, I just want to speak briefly, and, and I want to share a photo with you to begin. You guys know this photo? Is, it a, is this a familiar photo to you? All right, so I'll, I'll ask, uh, I'll ask a, a couple of questions. All right, so who can give me the exact uh, a date of this photo? 1945, August, anyone want to guess? August 14th, 1945, also known as what? VJ Day or Victory in Japan Day. So this was a famous photo uh, published in Life magazine a, a week after it was taken. And um, the, the photographer's name is Alfred Einstead. And uh, uh, hit, this is what he said. The U.S. had been in this uh, horrific war with uh, Europe and Japan. And the things that happened in Japan were, were horrific and tragic and horrible. And uh, as that day ended, as, as uh, Japan uh, kind of surrendered to the Allied forces, news spread and everyone began to celebrate VJ Day. And this is, uh, the photo was taken in Times Square. And this is what the, the photographer Alfred Einstein said, said about his, his, uh, his picture. He said, in Times Square on VJ Day, I saw a sailor running along the street, grabbing any and every girl in sight. <laughs> Whether she was a grandmother, stout, thin, old, didn't make a difference. And he said, I was running ahead of him with his wife, Alicia, looking back over my shoulder, but none of the pictures were, were possible. Then suddenly, in a flash... I saw something white being grabbed. I turned around and clicked the moment the sailor kissed the nurse. And this is what he said. He said, people tell me that when I am in heaven, they will remember this picture. I love that image of uh, of, of having so much exuberance and excitement around a message of good news, like, like it, it can't be contained. In Romans, in chapter 10, Paul talks a lot about this message. We, we know that Romans is a good news letter, that it's its fundamental purpose. It, it, is, it is about a message. And in the, the first couple of uh, verses in chapter 10 of, of Romans, he, he talks about this message in some really unique ways. Um, maybe you've seen me, uh, sometimes I like to play the high five game with kids. Uh, have you seen this? So, you know, I'm this high. And most kids are this high, and we start the high-five game down here, right? And I hold it low, and all the kids high-five, and then I raise my hand a little bit higher, and they high-five, and I raise it a little bit higher, and they're jumping and high-five, and then I raise it up here, and what do they do? Usually they, like, tackle my legs out from under me to try to bring me down. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get up to that level. They're, they, they, they're jumping and swinging and missing, and, and Paul says to us about this message that he's sharing. He, he actually quotes this, this awesome piece of text out of Deuteronomy chapter 30. He says, about this message, he says, this message that I'm talking about is, is not in heaven. It's not so high that you can't reach it. 
And he said, this message that, that, that is out there and exists is not across the sea where you can't find it. He said, this message is not too difficult for you to grasp it. And he says, this message, oh, he says, in quoting Deuteronomy, he says, oh, that you would choose it. And he says, this message is very close at hand. How close is it? It's on your lips and in your heart already. The message he goes on to share in chapter 10, and I'll let you look it up for yourself. He says this is the message, it's, it's the very message about faith that we preach. In verse 9 he says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. And then verse 13 if you don't have Romans chapter 10, verse 13, written, highlighted, starred, smiley-faced, you need to because it says it may be the, the core of the good news, the core of the message is that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We talked about this verse with our teenagers a couple of weeks ago in our teen class, and I said, well, everyone, who does that mean? And they said, well, everyone. And I said, okay, well, everyone Who? Well, everyone, okay, so everyone in Franklin, everyone in Brentwood and Nashville in the States, and, and I, we pressed it further, well, what about Ecuador, what about uh, uh, Uganda, what about Iran, and Kazakhstan? Does everyone really mean everyone? And then we press it even further. Well, well, what about people who have been arrested or people who have committed a crime? What about the businessman who took the bribe? What about him too? What about the crooked tax collector or the housewife? What about the child uh, pornographer? What about him? Him too? What about the porn star? What about her? I mean, it says everyone. Does it, okay, does it, everyone, that just means people who come to church on Sunday, right? Or does everyone mean everyone? You see, at the heart of this message that is not too high for you to reach is that the good news of Jesus Christ is for everyone. That was the prayer we just prayed, right? Every tribe and tongue and nation and people. People that look different than you. The heart of the good news is everyone. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God has his eyes. God has his heart. God has his intention on, as Philip read the verse, not on those who think they're healthy, but on the sick. His, his gaze is never faltered or moved from those who don't know him or those who claim other gods. His intention is for everyone to come, to know him, 
to claim the life that he says is possible. And that's why they call it good news. And then he goes on in chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, and really where I want you to spend a little bit of your thought today. It's on the screen to help you uh, follow along. It says, he goes on to say, about this message, about this good news, he says, but how can they, meaning everyone, Iran and porn stars, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they, how can everyone believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they, everyone, hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will not everyone, but anyone, go and tell them without being sent? And then he says, I love this passage. That is why the scriptures say, he quotes Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring what? I don't know if you looked at your feet lately. You can right now. Feet freak some people out. Have you seen this? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't put your feet on me. My daughter, she's so tall, like she can she can put her feet on the back of my seat while I'm driving. I'm like, please don't, that's just nasty. Because I, I think a lot of thing about I think maybe a lot of things about feet. I don't ever think I've 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 thought as of, of feet as beautiful. But that's what he says. How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. A couple of things I want you to walk away with today, maybe as one is first and foremost, um, uh, and, it, and it goes on and elaborates in this chapter if you read a little bit more, but it's, it's so important that we're hearers of good news first. Uh, when I said, hey, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, that meant you. Did you know that? Do you know, ha- have you really kind of heard that this message of life and forgiveness, that that, that really is for you? Are, are, are you hearing in a way that, that really gives your, yourself permission to accept that and believe that in your own heart? So it starts with number one with with being hearers, but 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 how do I praise, put this like the um, if you're really hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, um, hearing hearing will always lead to proclaiming. So maybe a real question for you is if you're really hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, maybe a test for that of if you've really heard and accepted the good news of Jesus Christ, the, the test for that is are you proclaiming it? Because really the, what it says in this, this text about the message is that we need messengers. The word apostle means sent with a message embodying this good news in such a way that it pours out of us. I had a friend tell me this week um, that uh, they opened an Airbnb. They started Airbnb in uh, 
in, in their own home because they wanted the chance to, to tell strangers and guests about Jesus Christ. Have you heard about this? So, and what he was telling me was, hey, we had this awesome uh, family who are Hindu, and they came in, and we were able to share with them about Jesus, and we were able to pray with them, and he said, he said, it's crazy. They pay us every week to have us tell them about Jesus. I guess technically they're paying to stay in their home, but the same thing happens. And he said, we gather around, we invite, we just invite them to a meal or sit around the table with us to share. Do you see the difference between someone who has gone from hearing to proclaiming? I would challenge you to look at your feet. <laughs> These things are, are for more than transportation at least according to scripture. They're, they're for, these things at the end of our legs are for more than getting you to and from your work. They're, more, they're, they're, they're for a greater purpose than to just get you from this place to retirement some future day. But what if God gave you these things on the end of your legs for a mission? What if your feet aren't for you? Ever think about that? What if they're not there just for you to serve your own purpose, but to carry the purpose of God to those around you? What if the purpose of your feet is for good news? I'm excited about some of the things that are happening at Aspen Grove Christian Church. Uh, We're the... um, Aspen Grove Christian Church, we're like the little engine that could. Are you with me? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're small, but we get it done. Like, we're not afraid to do work, and we, we believe in what God can do in us and through us. So there's a couple of things I, I'm really excited about. Uh, one of the things that I want to tell you is uh, we've been really working on uh, getting someone more permanent in a children's ministry role here at Aspen Grove. And Uh, You'd be really proud of your leaders here. We've been meeting about once a week for six or eight weeks, really praying about, hey, how do we do this? How do we do this? We, We want more for our kids, but we also see what we do in children's ministry is this great outlet to people in our community to include and invite families into our church and for them to ultimately grow as followers of Jesus Christ and be discipled and come to know the good news like like all of these pieces fit together for us. And so I, I'm, I'm here to tell you today that uh, your leadership team, with the help of the trustees, we're almost doubling our budget for children's ministry. And we have called and are reaching out to, to people to come in and work at a, at a halftime role for us for 20 hours a week. So I think that's something worth celebrating. I do. Along with that, we want to do we want to increase our visibility in the community, not because we think ourselves so great, but we feel like we've got a message to share with the city of Franklin, uh, with Brentwood, with Nashville, and uh, so uh, another change that you're going to see coming in the very near future is uh, we're actually going to put the name of our church, Aspen Grove Christian Church, on our building. So. <laughs> Uh, we are, uh, maybe that seems like a small thing, but both of these things require uh, big time commitments for us uh, in terms of money and finances. And we've got a lot of praises to celebrate. Uh, we increased our budget this year. We, we took a faith step to increase our budget as a church and praise God because of you guys, we've been meeting our budget. 
We're doing more than we ever have. Uh, I, I told our leadership team, I said, man, I, I'm so thankful that there was a season as a church that we needed to plug holes. And now it's a season of we're really moving out of that. And it's, it's time for us to drop ourselves and to become more of the church that God wants us to be and desires us to be in the community. And that's happening. And that feels good. And that feels right. And you guys are a part of that. And so I pray that uh, you'd keep uh, praying for us as a church and that, that we would keep working. Uh, the, the proudest, one, I'll say one of the proudest moments I've ever had as a pastor of this church is when I sat with our leaders in our, in our last leaders meeting and one of our elders said, we need to move on faith. We need to move on faith. And I love that. I, I think that is the heart of God, always calling us to faith, always calling us to, you know, this word, go and make disciples. It is, it is a constant movement. We can't afford for our feet to, to ever be stationary or planted. Our feet are, are, are made for movement. Our feet are made for message. And so there's work to be done, and this is no time for us to be complacent. And for us, all of this ends in what we say every single week, to grow followers of Jesus Christ, to make disciples. We are sold out on this idea, and and we are convicted as a leadership by the question, uh, and it's a question I, I, I put before you, is if every Christian shared the good news as often as you, how many would hear it? If every Christian shared the same message that Paul talks about in, in, in this text, how many would hear it? And so if you'll permit me, it's time for us to get off our Aspen. Aspen Grove Christian Church. That's as close as I'm going to get. Sorry, you're going to have to deal with it. We need to realize... That, that for this kingdom question, all right, so how are people in Iraq and Iran and Franklin going to hear the good news? We need to realize that the, the answer to that question doesn't exist somewhere else or with someone else but with us. Right? Like the sailor on VJ Day, who experienced such good news that his only response was to kiss every woman in sight. We have good news to share. And I pray that that news would come pouring and flooding out of you and that you would be reminded, that your feet would be reminded that you are a messenger and you've got good news to share. In just a minute, we're going to enter into a time of communion, and we've got communion stations set up around the room. Uh, I encourage you to to partake of this time. To uh, on the on the tables are the elements of Christ's body and blood broken for us. And as you take those elements, man, don't don't you dare do it lackadaisically. Don't don't you dare do it haphazardly. Don't you dare let it be just another routine for you. When you take these elements of Christ's body. You accept all the gifts that he has to offer you, but you also accept his mission for your life. Amen? Amen. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. 
Uh, without him, you, like, he, you sent him to us. He was the messenger for us to awaken us to your love and forgiveness and grace to make it all possible for us to return to you. And so, Father God, I, we, we celebrate your son and we, we thank you for him and, and for his incredible sacrifice. And God, as we take the elements of his sacrifice, help us to make one of our own to commit our, ourselves to the exact same purpose. And we thank you for Bill and Marty and for their awesome example. Like this is, this is who you have called each and every one of us to be. And, and maybe, we, maybe we don't feel qualified or maybe we don't feel like the right person. Well, that's pretty consistent in the, of the people God calls in the Bible. And so Father God, maybe for us, it just means putting one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other to, to walk across the street to our neighbor or to the cubicle next to us. Father God, let, let the mission and the message of your son, Jesus Christ, dwell in us so richly that it cannot be contained, that it comes pouring out of us. Fill us, fill this church with the desire to share the love and truth and life that only comes through your son, Jesus Christ. Father God, we love you so much. I thank you for your message, the way you use Paul and his writings to, to move people then and to move us today. Bless our feet as we go from this place. We love you, Father. And in your son Jesus' name, everyone together says, Amen.